on this episode of Lawrence Talks. Mackenzie Clark, a local Lawrence journalist, joins me to discuss the aims of local journalism, failures in traditional news media outlets, and how she hopes the Lawrence Times addresses these concerns while also giving local readers another choice in where they go for the news. Lawrence Talks is brought to you in part thanks to our partners at the Hall Center, College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, KU Philosophy Department, and IDRH. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and online at lawrencetalks.org. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Kinsey, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited and nervous, but excited. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to be uh, to be uh, sort of nervous about. I'm I'm a harmless person. Anyone that comes on the show, I'm always thankful for uh, anyone you and and all of that the people that have come on the show already. Um, very thankful um, that anybody would would decide to come on. Um, but with with that, and and so this first question I or want want to ask is is may seem like a boilerplate kind of question, um, something that you know to get a conversation started. But I I do it with purpose as well. Um, I think it's always important to get it get to know uh, the people that were that are speaking on the show and still a little bit of of humanity to. Uh, to this conversation. And so I asked this with that in mind, who is Mackenzie Clark? All right. That is a good question. Um, I'm, I'm kind of still trying to figure that out myself sometimes, I think. But, um, you know, a source said to me once, um, journalism isn't just what you do. It's who you are, isn't it? And, you know, that is so accurate for me. Um, so it's really hard for me to separate myself from my work because I think a large part of who we are as people is what we do with our spare time. And in my spare time, I'm, you know, exploring new story ideas and making massive spreadsheets to see trends and bigger pictures. And, you know, so I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> uh, that's kind of who I am. Um, I'm also a cat mom and hopefully they will behave while we are recording, but we'll see. Um, and, um, you know, I, I really am still kind of trying to figure that out. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, for instance, I learned that I am also a founder of a news publication. So you just never know what surprises life holds. <laughs> yeah. So I like, I like that, uh, kind of approach that, I mean, we're not a sort of finished product as human beings. We're sort of in, always in sort of, uh, this phase of being developed ourselves of, of, uh, in this transitional phase of redeveloping and, and re sort of discovering of, uh, things that we find important and, and then sort of redirecting our lives towards, towards those goals. Like things change and, and as our goals change and, uh, so do we, um, so yeah, I like, I like that sort of, uh, that answer that sort of, uh, or sentiment there. Um, Absolutely. Take this draft and take a red pen to it, you know, scratch some things out, add a few words here and there and <laughs> eventually yeah, you'll I get mean, there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's a bit sort of uh, unreasonable to expect anyone to know right away or um, to be, so I'm in my thirties. Um, 
not sure what, uh, how old you are, but uh, I'm still sort of developing uh, who, where I want to go. So career wise, what, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Uh, a lot of, a lot of big decisions are coming up and uh, not just about career, but also what I find to be my passion. Um, and, and I think that's already starting to reveal itself a little bit. Um, so with that, with that in mind, um, just to sort of pick up on, on uh, your statement there, why did you choose to go into journalism? Um, and what aspirations did you uh, begin with and, and uh, maybe did those aspirations change over over time? Sure. Um, I've always loved writing, um, but I never really felt like I had the creative aptitude to make up stories and invent plots and characters. And so with journalism, that's an, kind of an ideal way to bridge that gap. Um, I don't have to invent the plot because it's just what's happening. <laughs> um, and sometimes, of course, that's more strange than fiction. <laughs> But, um, you know, as a kid, I remember elementary school, we do what we called current events. Um, we just pick a news article and kind of rewrite it and in inverted pyramid style. And that style kind of just came inherently to me, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, how at the very top and then work in the details from there. Um, so, you know, of course, once you get out of journalism 101, you see that oftentimes the best articles you read and, um, and the ones you remember most don't really follow that format. Um, but it's a good foundation for second graders, I think. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I was on the paper in high school, but, um, I actually did consider a few different careers. Um, I wanted to be a diagnostician like house for a while. Um, and then I realized that I hate chemistry. Um, and, you know, also growing up, I kind of wanted to be a detective. And I think you hear that from a lot of journalists. Um, I was sort of interested in forensic science and the like, but, um, it's always been about solving puzzles for me. Um, and then if you are a detective, you have to be able to verbalize your theory and tell the story of how something happened. And that's that's the part where I think I'm best suited. Um, so, you know, in college, journalism kind of just grabbed a hold of me. It was my calling. Um, <laughs> I knew that I couldn't escape it. Uh, and, you know, I could have looked for a more lucrative career, but I decided I wanted to be happy instead. So, um, you know, it's always been about the passion for me. And um that will probably come up again later in your questions. But, um, you know, I, aspiration wise, um, that has changed for me pretty drastically over the years. Um, I went through a phase where I kind of wanted to do the whole broadcast route because I just really like to watch the anchors question people and, you know, kind of put them on the spot. And, and now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't I don't really like that part so much. Um, you know, I, I think humans are humans and we all say things that aren't exactly what we want to say or the way we want to say them. And, you know, putting that on live TV is it would be a challenge for me. Um, and I also kind of considered um, national media and really did want to cover like the White House and politics in Washington. And I am so glad that never happened. <laughs> Um, that is just so not where my head is anymore. Um, but locally, um, you know, I feel like Lawrence is home and I have a stake in this community. You know, I, I want it to grow and thrive and I want people to be happy here. And I, I think my role as a local journalist kind of bridges into that um, and it, it motivates me more than I think, um, a, you know, smaller fish in a bigger pond um, would, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, I think, I think it does. I mean, it, it kind of, uh, so first of all, I want to say house. Yes. Um, that was also one of my favorite shows. Uh, yeah, it's character wise, very good. Um, and then, uh, detective. Yes. Uh, Sue, I don't know if you were into this, if you're into home, uh, into house, then you should also, uh, be somewhat into Sherlock Holmes. Um, because that's where I think that's what his character is based off on loosely is the Sherlock Holmes character. Um, and so on that front, yes. And I, I find myself, uh, found myself being in a similar boat, love puzzles, thought philosophy was, uh, is, a, a perfect way of, of exploring those puzzles. Um, and at the same time, having these conversations about uh, with people not in academia, I thought was also very important um, because I, I think an interjection of uh, uh, this sort of, because I think in the, in the, uh, those that are outside of academic philosophy get a certain idea of that philosophy is just the mere exploration of ideas, but it's, uh, to me, it's also about, uh, trying to get at, uh, the answers, uh, to, to certain very, very difficult questions. Um, and so I share that kind of bit to, to be more local and that, and, and to, uh, try to interject a little bit of, uh, of what, we find important uh, what we uh, this this talk of values and 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 justice into these everyday conversations. I found important. Um, yeah, and with that, but with that uh, sort of in mind, uh, this next question is kind of maybe uh, more of a theory theory based question. A very sort of um, question that you okay obviously he's a philosopher that's why he's asking this um is this oh in your mind uh and and again i i don't necessarily see there being a, a right or wrong answer i uh but it's just always interesting to hear how practitioners think uh, think through this question um the proper role of journalism and journalists uh do you find there to be an ideal um and and maybe make make it more more precise is is focusing on the role of local journalism and, and journalists. Um, so this is <laughs> this is a big question, um, and you know it is really difficult for me. Um, it's it's tough to try to pen that down, um, and you know I think part of it. You know, we, we can say all we want as journalists, but really the answer to that has to come from the people who are reading us and listening to us and um, and talking with us, interacting with um, media, if you will. Um, you know, I, 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 that word has uh, is has gotten stained, but uh, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I think it's also been interesting for me as I'm you know, looking into actually launching this new publication because, um, you know, I put out a survey. And so a lot of the open-ended answers say, please, you know, give us just the facts, no bias, um, you know, no slant one way or the other. And then other folks say, you know, please put things in context, give us a better understanding of the stories and don't give in to both sides-ism. <laughs> uh, and then others say, please reflect the progressive values of Lawrence. So, you know, it's just kind of all over the place. And I think 
I think it's kind of all of those things in a lot of ways. But, you know, I, I do think that for too long and far too often um, as journalists, we become stenographers. And I don't think that's really helping anyone. Um, just documenting what's happening and spitting it back out. I don't think that's what this job should be, um, especially with certain types of coverage. Uh, I think it has to be more than that. Um, you know, we have to look at bigger pictures and help people really understand things. Um, you know, if people want to read meeting minutes, they are free to do that. Um, but I think our time is better spent giving them something beyond that um, and showing how it impacts them. Uh, you know, there's it's important and well, extremely important to hold elected officials accountable and, you know, hold people in power accountable. But you also have to stay on the ground and talk to who it's impacting. Um, and so I think a lot of that has been missing. Um, and, you know, especially through a lens of local journalism, these are our neighbors. You know, these are people that we interact with on a daily basis, whether we know it or not all the time. And well, I mean, we used to pre-COVID, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think hearing from the community and not just when it's easy is extremely important. And, you know, I, I want to tell every side that I can to every story. Um, I think that's also important, but um, I also have to dig a little deeper and cut through some of the baloney, I will say, <laughs> um, and, and drill down to the truth. That's a, kind of a, a way around an answer to that, I think. <laughs> I think I think we can pick up a little bit or pick a few things out of there. I, you mentioned the you know, the, the term that everybody likes to sort of use when they have an issue with uh, how a story is written, they, they all use the term media. That uh, this is very sort of broad strokes, uh, general sense. And it's it's a bit unfair and because, yeah, there, I think one, in my view, or in, in my sort of estimation, People shouldn't be paying that much attention or as much attention or give that much weight to uh, these national big like CNN and and all those folks because they have a certain or at least they, I think we need to realize that they have a certain perspective. They have certain goals that they're trying to accomplish in the, in the way that they present things um, and and that we shouldn't just when we watch them say that that's all media uh, there's. There's other sides there's, or there's other sort of facets of, of what it means to do the news and, and people that are involved. So does it ever bother you when, when you hear somebody making that, uh, I guess, a broad sort of statement about the media? When it goes to an extreme, like people carving murder the media into doors at the Capitol, that bothers me a little. But you know, <laughs> mm. um, but really, um, yeah. you know, locally, yeah. I've I've never felt too bothered by that because I've never really felt like I'm part of that. Um, I don't feel like I'm part of the machine, mm. and you know, especially now, uh, <laughs> being out on my own and, and starting this thing uh, from the ground up. So I don't like to to be lumped into that kind of category. I know it's easy to do. And, you know, sometimes I'm probably even guilty myself of looking at the media um, as a whole and, and seeing, yeah. you know, seeing the flaws that I <laughs> see at, at, at various points. Um, but, you know, I, I do want people to realize that 
the local journalists, the ones who are out there with you on the streets and, you know, actually live in your community. Um, they're, they're more than that. They care. And um, there's a lot riding on all of it for them too. Yeah. And, and, and there was another, I think, point you brought up about the sort of responses you received in the survey um, kind of, kind of hinting at this idea of some people want, I guess, uh, or have in mind a certain idea of what it means to be objective. Um, and for some, that means just relaying the facts as they are. Uh, some people, uh, that means uh, giving equal weight to the various sides or the two sides that may be at play here. I guess you'll, you'll, I guess you might be in the, in the process of thinking through this uh, as it goes towards your approach to, to your new project. What is I guess your idea or what sort of approach do you hope to take to that idea of, of objectivity? Um, so I, I do like to think about fairness. Um, you know, I don't think it's ever fair to just trash somebody or some entity or, you know, that's, that's not right. That's not what we're here to do. And that doesn't help anybody. Um, you know, I, <laughs> there are, there are just lines that, I can't cross, you know, I can't say that I would ever be okay with both sides of racism, you know, um, things like that really bother me. Um, but also, you know, if there's, if the city wants to put up a new parking lot somewhere, <laughs> you know, I'm willing to hear both sides of that argument. So, um, there's a lot of, uh, variance there for me. Um, and so, you know, uh, at what point are we objective and at what point are we simply reporting what people want you to hear? Um, I think that's tough too. Uh, we, you know, oftentimes we have to fall back on statements from people in charge and, you know, press releases. And that's another thing that drives me crazy. Um, but, you know, I, if, if we know, for instance, that a fact is wrong, if somebody gives us a fact and it's wrong and, you know, maybe we're not immediately able to call them out on it because it's in a news release or something like that and we can't reach them for further comment, what do we do with that? You know, do we run it? Uh, do we run it with a note saying, but actually, <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think it's uh, kind of a case by case thing, but um, definitely something that I want to hear from the community about, too. Um, I want to get as much feedback as I can on that kind of thing. Um, one thing I can tell you we won't be doing, and I say this with 99% certainty, <laughs> uh, because everything's really still up in the air right now, but I'm pretty sure about this one. I don't want staff editorials. Um, I don't think... For the most part, I don't think they serve the common good. And, you know, especially when I have no idea when or if I would ever be able to actually employ an opinion writer full time. Um, so, you know, whose view is this expressing? Is this the whole staff? Is this just one editor who gets stuck writing? You know, so um, I, I don't want to go that route. I want to hear more from the community and I want to have, you know, local people who um, have an interesting perspective to share, share their interesting perspective. Um, I, I think that's of much greater value than any staff editorial could be. That's, it's always a tough sort of, uh, like you, cause I'm reminded of, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever watched this show, um, the new, uh, newsroom, uh, I think it was, yeah, yeah. They, they have this 
sort of discussion about the both uh, both sides is it's like sometimes there just isn't uh, two sides. And I think, as you mentioned, with racism, you don't need to explore the other side of that view. That seems to be something that's just uh, should be for everyone, just the wrong thing. But this sort of gets gets me to this next question. Um, and it's kind of about because you, 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 I think you mentioned you spent some time uh, in, in college, uh, doing the running the not run, or running or or being part of the uh, school newspaper, um, and so I wanted to get to uh, this question about were there any glaring differences that you noticed when you went from the college based newsroom to the uh, quote. Uh, professional uh newsroom uh that when you when you finally uh, when you graduated and you you went uh you were employed by your local paper sure um so just a little bit of background i uh, i was only on the kansan for a couple of full semesters i was a copy editor one semester and then um i think staff reporter copy editor uh and then the summer before I, i graduated after the summer semester but um that summer i was the editor in chief so um it was uh really fun to just have that kind of like micro experience <laughs> um, in that one year. Um, but so I would say one of the biggest differences that I saw immediately when I got out of there and um, got to the journal world was how seriously people take you. Um, and, you know, that materializes in a lot of ways, but especially how promptly people respond to a request for an interview. Um, and that really, really bothered me um, because, you know, the Kansan is full of extremely talented student journalists. And I feel like they're getting better and better every year. Um, and it's fantastic, you know, and they should be just as respected as the, quote, professional journalists. Um And so, you know, I, I hope people would learn to take them more seriously and, and see that their publication matters a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I do remember being there also. We would get so excited if we got a story online before the LJ world. Uh, you know, obviously that wasn't our only goal was to beat the LJ world or anything, but it was really exciting when we did. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think we thought it was a big deal and like they would notice and be like, oh, no, the Kansan beat us. And, and that never really happened. Um, I realized <laughs> once I got to the journal world. Um, but, you know, then again, that was years ago. And um, now that they're a little bit more short staffed at the LJ world, it might sting a little bit more um, like when the faculty is considering a no confidence vote in the chancellor, for instance, and the Kansan has that four days before you do. Um, and that's tough. Uh, that's what comes with the shrinking newsroom. But um, so, you know, I, I think. I think those would probably be the biggest distinctions, the the outside perspective of the two publications is very, very different. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's probably the, the big thing there. Um, and also it was really nice having an advisor that we could go to. <laughs> um, I do miss that. <laughs> Uh, you know, editors kind of serve that purpose, but it's just different because, um, you know, your advisor knows that you're a student, literally, and you're learning how to do this for the first time. And um, they don't expect you to have as many answers as your boss might, for instance. So did you notice any, I guess, differences between sort of goals that each newsroom 
each of those newsrooms had at the time or those gui- the guiding sort of principles that they that they utilize as to what counts as uh, uh, print worthy news and what what doesn't or was were they kind of similar? Um, I would say in a lot of ways, it's fairly similar. Um, you know, obviously the Kansan has a much smaller scope of focus with, you know, being campus centric as it should. Um, and, you know, I think that's also a benefit, especially to, you know, those who are actively involved in the KU community. Um, and sometimes I think that offers more to those readers than an outside publication can. Um, so, you know, a lot of it is, the same in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, there are probably some stories even about KU or something that the Kansan would cover that um, the LJ world does and the Kansan doesn't. Um, but our la- that last question kind of gets me into, uh, into us, into this next question about um, generally, if you, if you could say what you find to be some of the uh, failures of, of, uh, maybe the, the term that I've been seeing, and so I'm, I'll, I'll use this legacy news outlets or traditional news outlets. Um, yeah. So what, what sort of failures you, and I guess of the newsrooms you've been a part of, what might you uh, take as being some of the failures that, that you found? Sure. Um, so I, I really can only speak from my limited experience at the LJ world. Um, I was just for the record, I was there about five and a half years um, so it was actually quite a while, um, longer than a lot of people stayed in that time frame. But um, uh, and you know, also hearing from uh, colleagues across the country and what they've gone through, like furloughs and you know things like that. Uh, it's it's just been wild, um, especially you know over the past year with COVID. But I think the absolute biggest failure and what is going to eventually be the nail in the coffin is that's the way we've always done it. There are so many people in the industry who, well, maybe not in the industry, maybe in the the financial part of it, um, saying this is the way we've always done it. And therefore, this is the way we need to continue to do it. I strongly disagree with that. <laughs> um, I think I really think that is the biggest detriment to local journalism and, you know, especially you know, small publications in smaller towns. Um that is what's going to destroy them. You know, even some of the bigger publications, for instance, um, you know, they get bought out by a big company and they come in and cut workers, lay people off. And then so people are expected to do more to compensate because the staff is smaller. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really work. And st- so you start to lose revenue and subscribers. And most importantly, you lose the community's trust and faith in you. And then it's just a vicious circle because as you continue to lose or lose advertisers, they make more cuts and people leave and they don't fill the positions and you just shrink and shrink um, until, you know, you've got just a handful of people, you know, with a handful of perspectives and that is not healthy. That's not healthy for anybody, not for the journalists, not the editors, really not the business, but, you know, I, I'm, won't get into that, but um, most importantly for the public, uh, the public needs representation in journalism, and you can't do that with a staff of you know just a handful of people. Um, so I, I think those are probably the the biggest 
of failures. Um, but you know, this, this industry is just hemorrhaging people, um, because a lot of people do want to stay in journalism. They love it. They're passionate about it just like I am, but they have been so abused and so mistreated and so overworked for years that they just can't do it. Um, they can't stay and you know, who can blame them? You have to take care of yourself and your mental health and your family, but, um, it's, it's really broken. It really is. And so this gets us to, uh, kind of something we've more or less uh, brought up briefly uh, throughout this conversation. Um, something I, I mean, I'm very excited about to hear um, in part because I, I secretly uh, at one point wanted to be involved in news. Um, and I think it's very, uh, it's very exciting to kind of hear um, about your, your new venture. And, and cause when I, when I saw it, I was like, that's, that's awesome. Uh, in, in part because it's a new path. It's, it involves a, n- a new way of thinking through things, uh, which I, which I very much am, am about and, and encourage everybody to do is just use your imagination. Um, and I think you, you, you brought up the sort of issue right now is that, a lot of people, a lot of institutions are stuck in this. Well, this is just the way things have been done. Um, this and this is just the way we're going to continue things. And and to me, in part, that's uh, not just a, sort of a attitude that is a, that involves a lack of uh, courage, but also lacks a bit of imagination. Um, and and so I think. This, your new project, I think, is is finally sort of, I hope, has this uh, uh, access as, as an example of what it means to have this sort of uh, imagination take take hold. Uh, so it, that's all to say, I want, uh, let's hear more about Lawrence Times. What do you hope for it to do? What What's, what's kind of it in response to? Um, and how do you hope it addresses that, those concerns? Lots of big, big questions. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a lot of this, I am still working out and um, I also don't want to overpromise and then under deliver. (laughs) So so I I want to avoid getting into too many specifics, although I I know I have a big mouth and uh, (laughs) I'll probably let something slip that I shouldn't. But, um, you know, my, my biggest goal is to just revive local journalism here in Lawrence. Um, there are so many talented journalists and just incredible members of this community whose stories need to be told and whose perspectives we need to hear as journalists. And, um, you know, we're not able to do that the way things currently are. Um, I, I also think it's important to have multiple sources for news. You know, I, I don't expect to launch next month and then take down the LJ world or, you know, that that's not the goal or the vision or even, you know, a figment of my imagination. Um, but I think people need more than one option. Um, and I think that's been missing for decades in this town. Um, you know, I've talked with a lot of people in the community and I intend to continue talking with a lot of people in the community because I think that's really what this is all about. It comes down to the people and what they want and what they need. And, um, so, you know, it, it has inspired me so much to just 
see this incredible outpouring um, immediately when I announced it only two Tuesdays ago. Um, today's our, our two week birthday. Um, uh, it just immediately people jumping on board and yes, thank you. We need this desperately. Like, please. I mean, I've had people tell me we're all counting on you and that is a lot to take in, you know? <laughs> like, can I really do this? But just lately, I've decided that I'm not going to live in fear. Um, I'm going to charge forward and I'm going to make this happen. Um, people probably still think I'm a little crazy and, you know, uh, unhinged or something. And, and it's really not that it's, it's a need that I have seen for a long time. And now I'm, you know, just taking the steps to make it actually happen. Um, so, you know, I am, my goal is pretty big. My budget is pretty small. <laughs> um, and so, you know, working between those factors is a little difficult, but I want to give the community an outlet they, that they trust and that they feel does reflect their values and tells the stories that are important to them. Um, and at the same time, I want to give journalists a place where they can work on passion projects. They can tell the stories that they really want to tell, too, and not just be tied to constantly churning out stories left and right. Because, you know, how much is that really advancing things for the community? And how much is it just overburdening the people who are putting that out there? Um, I, I want to completely rethink the way things are done. Um, you know, I've been thinking about beats and, you know, who's on the city beat and the county beat and public safety. Well, it's all intertwined when you think about it. Um, you know, there's so much overlap in all of that. And I think it's been kind of siloed in traditional media. And when you don't have your journalists working together and looking at, oh, hey, you know, did you hear about this? Because I think this could be really important to this story that you're working on you don't have the, that relationship of actually working together and brainstorming and thinking about what can be done and, and the way things should be done. Um, you lose a lot. You really do. And, you know, I, there, again, I, I think I already said it, but I have to say it again. There's so much talent out there. Um, and I want to bring that out and I want to give them a happy place. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I know people have heard about unionizing at the LJ world and I won't get deep into that, but I will say, you know, I think it's absolutely feasible that the Lawrence Times could unionize at some point in the future, have the staff unionize, and that would be awesome. But also, I don't ever really want it to be the typical management structure who's overseeing everybody. You know, I, I feel like I'm the one who's leading this and, you know, I'll take the fall for things when they go wrong. But I'm a reporter. You know, my biggest goal is to get this thing launched so I can get back to reporting. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of where I want it to stay. I want the value to be with the news and with the people. And um, I think it's possible. I think this community will understand and will back that. I really do. Um, if we can gain their trust and, I, you know, I think a lot of people are already willing to give it to us and we haven't even really done anything, but gain their trust and keep it and show them what we're really about. I think they will understand. And, you know, people are starving for the bigger stories and, you know, the longer term kind of investigative pieces that um, I know I haven't been able to produce uh, in the past couple of years because there's just never been time. Um, 
there's always been so much else going on, but, um, you know, if I can create a newsroom, even if it's my kitchen, uh, but where people are able to make that happen, that's what I really want to do. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still looking at funding and that kind of thing, which is the least fun part of this for me. And I hate asking people for money, but, um, <laughs> it's kind of a necessary evil. If I want to pay people, I have to have money for them, you know? So, <laughs> um, but I, I think we are close to coming up with a model that, you know, we'll be able to ensure that everybody who needs access to news can get it. And, you know, those who are able to pay for a subscription can do so. And, you know, maybe pay for two subscriptions. So the family down the street can also read the news. Um, and, you know, we can keep it alive on the goodwill of the community, um, but also not have to put up a massive paywall to just say, I'm sorry, you know, because you can't afford to pay us, you don't deserve the news. That is so wrong in my opinion. And it has driven me crazy um, in so many ways. So I want to do everything that we can to avoid that becoming an absolute must. Um, so yeah, that, that does mean looking at a lot of different structures and a lot of ways that we can have enough money to function. Um, but I also intend to really keep overhead low um, if I am working out of my apartment. And <laughs> there's, uh, there's so much going into this and it's all so exciting for me. But, um, you know, I want to end the cycle of new journalists coming into the business and loving it for a little while until they just can't go on. It's so wrong. Um, and, you know, I, I feel it's my responsibility to do better for them and for the community. One of the things you mentioned in there is uh, limiting overhead costs. And I think from for me, the, uh, at least one thing that the pandemic has shown, at least in running a uh, this sort of running a business or running this sort of business like that you're running in, uh, in the project that I'm that I'm working on is that uh, you can do a lot uh, with just uh, in your home, limiting your costs and and uh and it, it kind of forced us like we don't you don't need a, a a facility anywhere. You don't necessarily need to find an office space somewhere. Maybe eventually that'd be nice. But I think a lot you can do a lot and you, your imagination can come into play here a little bit, too, more so. Exactly. And yeah, that has been really amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I. I have been kind of asking for money. <laughs> we launched a GoFundMe um, a couple Thursdays ago. I think it was the 11th. So a couple of days after I announced that this was happening. Um, and within about five and a half hours hit the goal of $3,000. And that was just what I knew I would need to get a good lens, which I think is really important. Um, I've had a few questions about that. You know, people say, why do you need the good lens? Why can't you just use your phone? We want to give more than a half-hearted effort. I do think the image is almost as important as the story, if not as important as the story. And, you know, especially depending on the context there. But, um, you know, I, I I don't want blurry iPhone photos for everything. Um, so, you know, the, the lens, um, getting a few things together for the website. And um, as it turned out, that that budget of 3000 was actually pretty much spot on. And then the community has just continued to amaze me. We have now tripled that. Um, and it's, you know, beyond my wildest imagination. Um, but even without that, and you know, now I'm like, okay, how do I 
you know, what do I do with the rest of this? Do how much do I hold on to before I can, you know, hire somebody? And, and how how much do I need to bring someone on right now? And, uh, so that that's been chaotic, <laughs> trying to figure all that out, and still talking with people who actually know what they're doing about all that. But um, you really can accomplish so much with just um, a dream and a laptop. <laughs> Um, so yeah especially when you're uh like, like we said that pandemic has kind of forced us into being this uh, being this limited and being uh trying to do things from all sorts of places uh where we used to have the comfort of being in an office uh we now have to do many things from from our homes and it at least shows us that well we could have been doing this um all along i guess um if if we wanted to um and so one thing I wanted to want to ask too is uh, before uh, before we wrap up here, um, if you could say a little bit, if you can, if you've thought about um, this to any, any extent, and I think you've you mentioned them a little bit already in, in passing, uh, I guess some of the values you hope to uh, guide you in this in this uh, whole in this process yes um first and foremost above everything else is the community um that's huge and you know i know i've already talked about how much that means to me but it really really does this is i want this to be the people's paper and so that is far and away my my number one guiding thing um and i have um I'm really, really close actually to announcing the community advisory board members. Um, we're almost to 12 and um, I, I have, I, I think a really good variety of voices and folks who come from a lot of very different backgrounds um, who can help uh, help guide us. Um, you know, the, the newsroom is going to be independent no matter what from, you know, advisory board members and advertisers. And, you know, if we end up going that route, but anything, um, we are not going to be beholden to anyone, basically. Um, and I think that's important. But we also are going to rely on the community to make sure we are living up to our goals. And so, you know, respect for people is important. Um, you know, I I respect the community and I, I respect the future journalists that I will get to work with. Um, and, you know, I think doing what it takes to uphold that and make sure that what we are doing is for the greater good is really important to me. Um, you know, I think that could present itself in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, there, I don't know if you're familiar with the stars, um, piece they recently did. Um, I think it was a history in black and white, I'm forgetting the title exactly, but um, they took a close look at how they've covered race um, over the years and how their coverage has just been really brutal to black people and people of color. That That's kind of another awakening for me. You know, this huge newsroom just up the street is doing this and taking this look and being real about it, I think. Um, and, you know, fortunately, we don't have that history built in. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, but, you know, I think... Uh, the wording here I might end up questioning, but um, I really want to dismantle white supremacy. Um, I think that's incredibly important. And, you know, it's not good business, but I, I do want to say, like, if people have a problem with that, I don't really want their business. 
I'm, I'm just not okay with that. And, you know, I, I never could be. Um, so, you know, that's another big driving force for me. I feel like so much of this community has felt like their newspaper, you know, news outlet of any sort has never really reflected them and who they are, or if it has, it's been in a very negative light. And that's just unacceptable. Um, we can do so much better and we will. Um, so those are, those are the main things. Um, does that start to answer your question? Yes. No, it does. It does. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the main thrust of that, of that question was just to, uh, I guess, get out what sort of things you want your, the, the paper, the, the organization to, to always keep in mind as you make decisions on a day, uh, day-to-day basis. Sure. Um, and I think and, you, yeah. Um, also, you know, the, the basics of, of good journalism, accountability, transparency, um, open government, I, I do foresee requesting a lot of records. <laughs> um, but, you know, doing the, the, the bigger picture and, and uh, stories that make things happen, um, that, you know, advance the community in one way or another, those, those really matter to me. Um, and, you know, just holding to the truth, um, holding those in power accountable, uh, those are my biggest purposes. Yeah, you mentioned the one uh, the concern, or not the not the concern, but the sort of push to not uh, to I guess counteract. Uh, one way of putting it is, is the you know white supremacy, but there's also I think uh, this long held uh, concern over uh, that many times when when a new source talks about uh objectivity that they're talking about a particular point of view um and i think it's often and if if most of the times the newsrooms are not diverse if they're not uh all that representative of a community then object objectivity just comes out to be uh one group's form of objectivity or version of of the news um and so it's it's hard to uh it's hard to to say that you're fully objective when uh your when your newsroom is also not very representative of of the community so at the very least i think uh if if people i guess sort of um are concerned about you know using the term white supremacy there's also that factor is that like it's, it's there's just this version of the news that that uh, uh, newsrooms are often telling us and and if they're not all that representative then it often only represents one version of of object objectivity and and not all and not everybody's sort of perspective is involved in that uh, in there so right yeah and I think that's a really good point you know do you really want objectivity or do you want the point of view of somebody who looks just like you before I let you go is there is there anything that you would sort of like listeners to take away uh, from this conversation about you, your uh, your aspirations, and, and, and generally about about Lawrence Times? Ooh, um, <laughs> let me think about that one. Um, you know, I, I hesitated more than I should. Um, a, a large part of this mission is dismantling white supremacy and uh, and the way things have always been done. So uh, I'll just put that out there. I'm not going to dance around that. Um, 
but overall takeaways, I would say I can't do this alone. Um, you know, I, I need this community and, you know, a lot of ways that people can contribute if they're interested in this is not financial, but just, you know, go online, take our survey, tell us what you want from us. Um, you know, I also appreciate people have been really understanding that um, it's going to take a while to get this up and running and it's going to take a while before we can be big enough to maybe cover absolutely everything they want to read about. Um, so the patience <laughs> is very much appreciated. Um, but overall, I think this can and will work. And um, I think the community needs it. And I am just so excited to be the one leading the charge here. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and I'm, I guess I'm not afraid to, I guess, uh, to just say that I, I mean, I support what you're doing and, and, uh, hope that it works out well, one way or another, that it at least challenges other news outlets to, to live up to the very same mission that you're trying to uh, instill in, in Lawrence times, uh, right. That's the, to me, I think that's the sort of worst, best case scenario is that you have some effect on how local news is done, but yeah, so, um, much luck, uh, and, uh, to what, to what you have going on and hopefully you're able to catch your breath at some point. Um, uh, with that, uh, McKinsey, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And with that, uh, thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next on the next episode of Lawrence Talks. Mm-hmm.